Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna, thank you so much. Nice to be here with all of you. Ananda was uh, mentioning my son Gauravani. Usually when I meet someone, they say, this is Rukmini, and the person will go, oh, hi. And then they say, she is Gauravani's mother, and they go, oh, hi. (laughs) So, yes, Gauravani's mother. So I've I've been thinking about this topic. Are we always a seeker? And... um, You know, we have a lot of kids here. I have three grandchildren myself. And um, kids like to play hide-and-seek, right? You kids in here, you like to play hide-and-seek? Yeah, right? So um, one hides and the others seek, right? Until you get tired or bored and you keep switching, right? Then after you find the person, then the one who is hiding becomes the one who is looking for the person, right? So kids like to play that till they get tired. But I was thinking about ourselves. Are we, are we also always really seekers? Um, someone is seeking, searching after money. You know, we're looking for relationships or power or position. We're seekers of facts. We don't want fake news, right? Uh, we seek truth, joy, fulfillment in life. Um, and so my question is for, for all of us, but does the seeking end when I think I, when I feel like I've found my spiritual path? Is that the end? Am I, is that the end of the seeking? I was also thinking about stories, generally in stories. You have the hero, or these days the shiro, right? Shiro. And um, after she or he slays the wicked dragon and saves the land, then um, they all always end the story by saying, and they all lived happily ever after, after, right? So my question, is that really the end? Is that really just another beginning of another story, another seeking, another um, something going deeper? And then another question, are some people seekers who never really find um, are those of us who find, found a spiritual path, are we sometimes stuck and not delving further along the path? So, um, yeah, I was thinking about great spiritual visionaries who, who found great uh, missions and movements like Srila Prabhupada, St. Francis, Ramanujacharya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they seem to set the world on fire with their teaching and and dynamic wisdom, right? Kind of like the eruption of a volcano. Uh, One teacher actually called Lord Chaitanya the golden volcano. So yeah, this idea of this molten lava of spiritual wisdom and energy and blissful joy, right? Um, But then after time, sometimes the followers like ourselves, we can become a bit complacent. We can become a bit calcified, you know? You have the molten lava, and then you have this cold, 
dry, hard stone. So has my heart become like that? Um, are we meant to be seeking something deeper in our bhakti, to keep seeking after we've found? So, yeah, I was thinking about pulling back the layers, right? Um, going from the external place to a more internal place of deeper realization and wisdom. In Bhagavad Gita, there's a, a second verse of the ninth chapter says something. I find it very inspiring, but also very challenging. This, in Sanskrit, it says, pratyaksha vagamam dharmam, dharmyam. It says that we're so, so it says, this uh, king of knowledge, this bhakti knowledge, is supposed to be directly experienced. It's the king of wisdom. It's joyfully, joyfully performed, and it's meant to be directly perceived by the, by the, uh, by the self by realization. So, yeah, are we experiencing that joy in our practice? Am I? Are you? And are we meant to be seeking a deeper place of realization? But let's go back. So here's what I want you to consider. So here's, here's my kind of thesis here today. There's one person, box number one you see on the screen, and box number one, there's the seeker who hasn't really found it yet, right? And then there's the person who's not seeking, box number two, the person who's not seeking, who's really kind of keep, trying to keep my life as it is, keep things as they are. That's a term Prabhupada uses. For one who likes to keep things as they are, he says spiritual advancement is very difficult. But then there's the person, box number three, the person who feels like they've found their spiritual path, right? But they're still kind of like, sometimes I see this in myself, still kind of trying to keep things as they are a little bit, right? And then there's the person, box number four, the person who's found the spiritual path, but seeking, always seeking deeper realizations, deeper, deeper revelations, and seeking to really truly experience the presence of God. So let me try to explain. Here's a song, maybe you know this song. Beautiful song, go tell it on the mountain. When I was a seeker, I sought both night and day. I prayed to God to help me, and he showed me the way. But sometimes the seeking and not finding becomes perpetual. Um, the perpetual seeker. So I'm going to read to you a, a, an excerpt from a memoir that was written by a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, written by a disciple of Srila Prabhupada before he became a disciple, before he committed to Srila Prabhupada, before he embraced the path of bhakti. So here's the little excerpt. He says, As Srila Prabhupada was speaking, I heard a voice within my heart proclaim, This is your guru. But my mind could not accept it. A battle ensued between my brain and my heart. And this is what his, his, his brain was saying. There are many saints and gurus I have met on the, on the path, and I will meet more in the future. I can't be hasty. This is the most important decision of my life. I must, must be sure before committing myself to any particular path. And then he says, my mind won the battle and still confused. I dismissed, dismissed the fact, idea that I was ready to choose a guru. Later, now this is me speaking, that's the end of the quote. Later when he was ready, his, his brain and his heart became aligned, 
right? He took shelter of Srila Prabhupada with his mind and his heart. So it's true, it is the most important decision of someone's life to, to, uh, to make that spiritual bond with a, an authentic guru, become an authentic disciple. And one shouldn't be hasty, right? But we can also become stuck in this place of being a perpetual seeker. So here's another nice quote from the Bible. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Right? Beautiful quote. So with sincerity, God will show us the way. God will guide us, show us the way. And it's said in, in the bhakti tradition that one, that by the grace of God, one receives a guru. And by the grace of the guru, one receives God. So, okay. So, so box number two. Let's go to this seeking, but not, but wanting to keep, not seeking and wanting to keep things as they are, right? So I'm trying to keep things just kind of copacetic, right? And not rock the boat. But in this temporary, ever-changing world, is it really possible to just keep things as they are? So what's an example of this mentality? Um, I have to tell you a funny story. I met, I met someone. I was having this conversation with this person, and I said to, to him, um, have you ever thought about exploring your relationship with God? And he said, he said, my relationship with God is fine just the way it is. I don't bother him. He doesn't bother me. <laughs> All right, we laugh, but it's, it's kind of scary. It's sad, right? So in other words, business as usual, not seeking any inner change, or, or maybe you've heard this one if you're from India. I've heard this one in India. If Krishna wants me to become a devotee, I will become a devotee. If Krishna does not want me to become a devotee, then I will not become a devotee. Right? You've heard that? So in other words, no impetus is coming from me. I'll blame God. If I'm not seeking to approach God, right? I'll blame him. It's not, it's not about me. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, Krishna is fine as long as he doesn't cross the line, right? <laughs> I have my non-negotiable material desires, and that's what's most important to me, right? It's kind of like that Lakshman Rekha, right? Sita wasn't supposed to go out of that circle, right? So sometimes we might be like that. And I'm not pointing a finger because I see it in myself. I am pointing a finger, but I'm also pointing it this way, right? So what about box number three? Someone who has found her spiritual path, but not seeking to go any deeper along that path. So it could be you, it could be many of us from one day to the next. Um, so I have a question for all of you. How do we seek to go deeper on the path of bhakti? What would be your answer? What do you, what do you think? That's a question for all of you. How do we explore deeper, go deeper on the path of bhakti? Yes. Put more time into it. That's a good answer. Yes? Association with other devotees. Association with other good devotees, right? My yeah. mind, once found, found means it's lightning. It's thunder. After that, there is nothing left. So there is no need for seeking deeper. You're itself mm. merged with it. Okay. So it's like thunder and lightning, right? Um, it's just, it's so moving and so shaking. You You've got him, he yes. says. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, yes, Gopi. I 
beautiful. So Gopi is saying, sometimes you found and you're not really seeking to go deeper, but Krishna makes you go deeper by the circumstance of this world, right? By the rubbing, like Prabhupada uses the term, the rubbing of the bamboos, right? Just ignites fire sometimes, yeah. So sometimes we're not seeking to go deeper, but Krishna p puts challenges in our path so that we're forced to go. Beautiful answer, thank you. So found means more about meeting, and deeper means getting into a, a real relationship. Beautiful. Anybody else? Great answers. Thank you. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Reading from Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, discussing with other senior devotees, what is the real meaning? How does this apply to my life today? Great answers. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, good. So I would just add something else that, that Prabhupada talks about in his Nectar of Devotion. Um, he talks about our eagerness, that the price for actually attaining Krishna consciousness, the, the ticket or the price is our eagerness, um, our yearning for that de desired goal, our eagerness. That is the price that, that, we, that we pay. We hear about the bhakti creeper, this little plant of devotion that we're supposed to water each day, planted in our hearts. We get this ancient, precious heirloom seed from the line of disciplic succession um, coming down by, by Guru and Krishna. And we're supposed to tend it and water it and um, protect it from weeds like offending devotees and other weeds like seeking prestige or seeking mundane profit from the process of chanting, or even just lazy complacency. Like if you're a gardener, what happens if you just don't go out in your garden for <laughs> you're a gardener? What if you don't go out in your garden for a few days or a few weeks? You've got a nightmare, right? So what if just by lazy complacency, not tending the garden, garden um, neglecting to nurture it, it's a process. Bhakti is a cultivation. It's a verb, actually, uh, devotional service, right? So the gardener has to check daily for weeds and bugs and whether the soil is being nourished with enough water, enough sun, enough air. Um, but a, garden is, a gardener is actually seeking something. And this is the point I want to make here. A gardener who's cultivating a garden is seeking a harvest, right? It's a harvest of fruits or flowers or vegetables. And uh, a plant is meant to give beautiful fruits or beautiful flowers or delicious vegetables. It's not just to, meant to be standing proudly like a tall stalk, standing tall in a garden and producing nothing. No. So our bhakti creeper is actually meant to produce the fruits of Krishna prema, the fruits of authentic love for Krishna. And, and it's said in, in wisdom texts, in bhakti texts, that, that a tree that is full of fruits will bend low with humility. So when we actually have wisdom, um, one of the symptoms is humility of the heart when we're able to bend low because those fruits are, are meant to give the world, right? So yeah, so this creeper of bhakti is meant to grow up and grow up and grow up until it reaches the lotus feet of Krishna in the spiritual world, and, and at that place um, produce beautiful, succulent, delicious fruits and flowers, fragrant flowers to offer to Krishna. So, um, yeah, someone who's found 
her path and uh, not seeking to go deeper. That's the box we're on right now, right? Just, you know, this tall, like have you ever seen perennials when they're not, they're sort of dead at the end of summer, like right around now, and they're just tall and lanky and they're not doing anything? So our bhakti creeper is not supposed to look like that. So I want to give you an example of um, when I, many years ago, I was living in Mayapur, West Bengal, and there was a very flamboyant uh, politician in the area. He was really, he was a devotee of Lord Chaitanya, but he, he was, um, I would say, an example of, of this box, uh, found not seeking deeper. So he was friends with the devotees. He used to come around the temple regularly, and he didn't follow any practice, but he used to cry. He used to say to the devotees and really cry. He would say, I eat this, and I eat that, and I run around with women, but I know my Goranga will save me. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a devotee, no doubt, right? And he's asking the Lord to save him, but he's not seeking, right? He's not seeking to follow any path to take the next step. Um, so, yeah, just like in box number two that we looked at, um, trying to keep things as they are, even after having found a spiritual path. So, uh, yeah, so this lazy complacency, not tending the garden, bhaktis, a cultivation, yep. So, um, yeah, so am I like this in some ways? Um, Srila Prabhupada has led us to water, but, but do we drink, right? He's led us to water, but do we drink? Am I too full of ego? Am I too satiated with pride to drink the water that Prabhupada has given us? Here's a, a very powerful quote from Lord Jesus Christ. Srila Prabhupada referred to Jesus as Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, and uh, he was speaking to some of his disciples who had apparently become Wealthy, I was thinking kind of like affluent Americans, kind of like us. We're kind of comfortable. We've got a couple of cars in the garage, whatever. But so here's what he said to these people. He said, he said, you've grown rich and you have become lukewarm. He said, be hot or be cold. But if you are lukewarm, I spit you out. <laughs> Heavy, right? So in other words, they'd lost their fire. They'd lost their inspiration. They'd become complacent. It's kind of a scary thing. So I have to try to stay in the fire, as some of you said, to stay in the fire of good association, to not be lazy or, or complacent. And I have to be able to take my own pulse to assess, um, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And um, ask other people who care about me. Ask other people who know me well. You know me. Someone who can be honest, tell me, what am I doing wrong? How can I make some actual advancement? And, and maybe someone who really loves you, who's an intimate friend, can, can tell you, well, you know, it would help if maybe you, you know, didn't sleep till noon, or you know, maybe cleaned up your diet a little bit, or you know, there could be any number of things, right? So what I want to say is that, um, Here's another reason that we tend to, that we, that we always, I believe, that we always are seeking is that our nature as jiva souls is that we, we lean. 
we lean. Um, there's a Sanskrit world, word called tatasta, which means it's like a borderline energy. We can be influenced by spirit or we can be influenced by matter. We can lean into the light, we can lean into the darkness. Um, so when we're looking for our shelter from our source, we can be in an ocean of sweetness when we're seeking that connection with our source, or we can be living on dry sand. Depends on our desire, right? Um, so finding that relationship, that life-giving shelter of, of, of the Lord, it's like it kind of feels like finding the other half of our soul. It, it feels like finding the really the ultimate soulmate, right? People talk about soulmates, but this is the sort of long lost um, other half of our soul that we're searching for in, the, in our heart, heart of hearts, right? Okay, so box number four, what about this? What about someone who's found her spiritual path but is seeking to go deeper? We have an example in our tradition, the great Goswamis of Vrindavan. They were always in the mood of seeking for Krishna in every corner of Vrindavan. Maybe you know this, this song by, um, by one of the Go, follower Goswamis that says, Hey Rad, Hey Rajadevi Ke. They're always wandering everywhere in Vrindavan, calling out, Oh Queen of Vrindavan, Radharani. Oh Lalita, Oh Son of Nanda Maharaj, Krishna, where are you all now? Are you under the trees on the bank of the Yamuna? Where are you? So this was their mood in seeking their beloved Krishna. And even Lord Chaitanya himself, he was Krishna himself in the mood of Radharani, in the mood of a devotee. But he's following the cowherd, the gopis, the cowherd maidens of Vrindavan, always seeking, always looking for Krishna, always searching, searching for Krishna. It was not a mood of complacency that, oh, I found Krishna, I have attained Krishna, but rather a mood of, of seeking, always seeking Krishna's presence more fully. And seeking an opportunity to, to, meet, uh, to meet Krishna one day, that one day we, ch we chant Krishna's name, and we, what are we asking? We're saying, please come, please come, right? We're calling him when you call someone's name, you hope they come, right? So, and, and then I was thinking also, what about Krishna himself? Krishna is, is also in Vrindavan. He's always seeking to reciprocate uh, the love of his devotees. He's always seeking an opportunity to meet his devotees. So here's a beautiful quote from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is Lord Chaitanya speaking, seeking. Lord Chaitanya speaking and seeking. <clears throat> he says, if by chance such a moment comes when I can once again see Krishna, then I shall worship those moments and hours with flower garlands and pulp of sandalwood and decorate them with all kinds of jewels and ornaments. Right? So beautiful. There's a beautiful book in this songbook. I saw some of you had the songbook today. It says, Kabe habe bolo shedi namor. Oh, when, oh, when will that day be mine? And the verses are so beautiful. You can look up that song. So, um, yeah, I was thinking even next week we have Dashera, right? We're approaching the wonderful festival of Dashera. So what is the story of Ram? Hanuman is on, on, in the service of Ram. He's searching, he's seeking for Sita, right? And, and Lord Ram is seeking to be reunited, reunited with Sita. And Sita Devi is seeking that moment when she will again see her Lord Ram, right? 
So here's those far, four boxes again. Take a look. Find where you are, where you'd like to be. Are we always a seeker? Or if not, what box do you find yourself living in? What do you think? What do all of you think? Um, are we meant to be peeling back the, the external layers to try to go deeper in our bhakti? Or are we trying to, seeking, seeking to keep things as they are, staying on the surface, on the shifting sands of, the, of this world? So, yeah, as I look inside myself, am, am I trying to seek whatever is the next step for me? As Gopi said, sometimes Krishna seeks it for you and puts it right in your lap, and you didn't ask, right? Am I seeking answers that will stretch me and bless and inform my life? Here's a beautiful picture that we love so much. This is from the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, um, written by Sanatan Goswami. So th this beautiful hero in this, uh, in this book, Gop Kumar, he was always seeking deeper and deeper and deeper. He was traveling throughout the material universes and then even through the Vaikuntha planets until he found shelter in this beautiful embrace of the Lord, right? So what do you think? I hope this topic will inspire some questions and some thoughts from you. Thank you all so much. Are there any questions or realizations or yes? Yeah, it occurred to me that it's a little bit difficult to embrace this because it's it's kind of a contradiction. Because usually when you're looking at something you find it, that's the end. That was the goal. But so the only way it would make sense to me is that if the seeking is kind of omnidirectional, because uh, you should be know yourself too. Even if you like, even uh, we learned today in class that Kardama Muni met, saw Krishna face to face, and then he asked him for a nice wife because he he knew himself. He knew it was wasn't ready for. Uh, really the ultimate revelation, so he asked for something material because he was wise and he knew himself. So would you agree that the seeking is really, like you say, seeking within yourself and people around you as well as looking for Krishna even if you think you found him? Thank you. That's a beautiful comment. I think I love your point about the seeking being omnidirectional, seeking within yourself, so going within, but also looking everywhere, looking for signs in nature. I think that's the sign of a real devotee, you know? Um, but so say, for example, say, you're, say you lost, you have a potato, right? Say you have a potato and you lost your potato, you know, and then you realize, oh, it fell off the kitchen counter and it's on the floor. Okay, so you have your potato, find it, you put it back on the counter, you start to chop it, right? That's a potato. But if you're, <laughs> but if you're seeking something very profound and deep, then I think your point is, is beautiful. We have to be looking deeply within ourselves. When we're chanting, praying to Krishna, let me see what I'm doing wrong. Let me see why I can't hear your, your holy name when I chant it, you know? And observing signs, like listening for signs from devotees. Devotee might come up to you and say something to you, and you think, oh my God, this is the answer I've been looking for. 
or seeing something in nature or, yeah, I think that's a beautiful point. Thank you very, very much. Of course, I love the story of Palika. Where's Palika? Palika Prabhu, he, was, uh, he got a sign from Krishna when he was moving the refrigerator into the kitchen. And uh, someone said, um, we need a strong guy. We, can someone help us? Can you help us move this? It's kind of heavy. And he said, oh, I can lift that just like Krishna lifted the Govardhan Hill. And then, boom, he got a sign from Krishna. It fell right on his foot. So, um, you know, but he's such a humble devotee that he takes it as a sign from Krishna how to go deeper. So, yeah, sometimes we get, call it instant karma, right? Yes. Yes. So, I just, not a question, a comment. I was um, listening to Prabhupada's lecture last night, um, listening to uh, Nectar of Devotion. Prabhupada gave the first lecture on Nectar of Devotion, the first one in Vrindavan, and he was talking about uh, Bhakti devotional service bhakti and he was saying because you mentioned it too that in order for bhakti to happen we have to approach it with a, a lot of patience and enthusiasm said so you have to be enthusiastic krishna um, and bhakti siddhanta said a dull man cannot preach you know no dullness and he said you have to be enthusiastic to preach the glories of krishna krishna is the most beautiful the most merciful the most kind and so Bhakti Siddhanta wants us to go out there and be very enthusiastic. And Prabhupada said then Bhakti will be revealed. Not that Krishna is, un Krishna is unlimited and we can't learn everything about Krishna all at once. But Krishna will reveal as we go deeper into our Bhakti. Beautiful. So I just Thank want you. to say that. Thank you for such a beautiful comment. There's actually one Christian teacher who says, if we understand it, then it's not God. Right? So just like that picture I showed of the layers, there's so many layers and layers and layers that Krishna can so kindly reveal if he sees fit. And sometimes if we are acting dull, which I know myself, I am so often acting just dull in my spiritual life, sometimes Krishna gives us a little push, you know? Sometimes some unasked for obstacle, and then we have to cry to him. No, thank you. Yeah. Yes, Robert. Roberto. Everyone say a blessing to, for Robert and Anita. They're leaving for Costa Rica for their next mission for the U.S. Department of Agriculture tomorrow. Everyone give them Thank your you. blessings. There's Anita over there. That's Anita, so they need your blessings. Thank you so much, Rukmini. I, we really appreciate it. Uh, I heard this saying once, and it said, the definition of wisdom is not knowing everything, it's realizing that you don't know anything. Mm. And particularly this term seeking in the fourth quadrant, uh, the value of seeking that it's not just seek and you find and that's it, is that, like the onion example you gave, is that we truly don't know ourselves, and as we grow both in our life and our spiritual life, we see things about ourselves and about other things that we had not recognized before. So the seeking is also continuing, another way to say continuing to learn, to continuing to pursue a higher truth that we may not be aware of in that particular moment. And I think that is uh, perhaps another way to go deeper and deeper into your spirituality um, through the seeking and, and learning. Beautiful, thank you so much. That it's really, it's, a, it's, it's like a, a beautiful dance between our sincere, as Rama was saying, uh, between our patience and enthusiasm and grace coming down. So, yeah, the more we, we are enthusiastic and the more we are patient and continue, continue, 
then Grace will um, give us a, a little bit of an inkling of, of some understanding. Thank you. Beautiful. You, when you were speaking, I was reminded of that beautiful quote from Einstein where he said that, I mean, here's probably the most brilliant genius scientist that, that we have all heard, ever known, that, that we have ever heard of. And he was saying that he felt like a little child standing on the bank of, a, of the ocean, just like trying to just taste one, one drop of the ocean. So this is true wisdom, right? Feeling so small. Yeah. Yes, Karen. I, I love what you said about bhakti being a verb, being a process. And when we just talk about it together, it becomes a thing like bhakti. Um, and the other thing, what you said about being humble. So just as a little sideline, when I was up at Omega, I saw a woman work herself into a fever, what Rama was saying. She worked herself into a dancing fever, crying out for uh, Krishna. Crying, literally crying, and I started crying. I didn't know what she was saying. And then in the end, she did a little English, and she said, crying, crying for like an hour till I was in some kind of trance. And then she said, and at the end, and even if you see Krishna in a tree, pretend like you don't see him. <laughs> so I think, I think you said, and Krishna Das, both of you said, that's longing fueling the seeking, fueling the passion. Because as humans, I think, we go along in life, we get this financial thing, we have these relationships, we become a little complacent because right. we seek safety at some point. Right. So, so even if we say, I'm a good bhakti, I'm a good person, and what this gentleman just said, how do we really know we're kind of a little jerk sometimes to yeah. other people or to ourselves? Yeah, we all, as Americans, we have this, this really dangerous disease, disease called affluenza. Right? It's not influenza, it's affluenza. We're so lukewarm, right? So we have to develop some yearning for Krishna. I mean, so what, I'm, what my point is, is that being humble, I think, also requires to be, take a little risk. Maybe we don't know ourselves that much. And to have courage, like, what's the next step and what does that mean that I have to give up? I don't know. Yeah. So it was just very interesting. Yeah, it's nice. And, and ask, you know, if, someone, if there's someone in your life that you know loves you very much, you can say, what can, what can I do? What do you think I should do? You know? And then maybe someone can give you a little, you know, maybe if you gave up smoking, maybe it might help, you know? You know, it could be anything. Thank you all so very much for this opportunity. Thank you.